Welcome back to Lively Fresh Takes, where we delve into the world of creative innovation in marketing and advertising. I'm your host, Mike White, and today we have an exciting guest joining us as usual. Our community is all about exploring the future of marketing and finding new ways to reach and engage our audiences, straight from the pioneers who are shaping this landscape. So if you're as passionate about the intersection of innovation, technology, and storytelling as we are, then you're going to love our conversation with Bianca Cotti. Bianca is the global brand manager at Heineken, and she's not just an expert at leading brands through untapped territories, she thrives in it. She uses innovation and creativity to create revolutionary campaigns that drive meaningful consumer connections. And she's got a wealth of knowledge from her seven years at Heineken and beyond. Today, we'll be diving deep into the world of the drink sector and the brand Desperados, exploring new ways of turning audiences into communities and discussing how to create unforgettable experiences for them. If you're ready to take your marketing and advertising to the next level, then join us. Welcome. <laughs> so really good nice to, to have you all. Um, yes, no, it's really nice. We've been talking for some, quite some time, so it's great to be able to get you on the show. Uh, so look, the way we'd love to start these things is obviously to find out a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, and obviously you're the kind of the current current role you're in at Desperado. So give us the give us the background. <laughs> yeah, really nice to be here with you, Michael, on this wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, you know, yeah, as you said, we've been talking for a while and uh, I've been sharing with you some of the things that I'm doing and having fun with, especially in this role as the global brand manager at Desperados. I lead the experiential efforts of this brand. Um, and basically, my aim is to connect with the young generation through meaningful uh, experiences that are hopefully also at the forefront of culture. So more innovative and um, understanding what people actually need and, and, and serving those needs in, an, in a fun and innovative way. Uh, but my background, and this is quite different versus what I've been doing before. My background is uh, quite of a generalist marketeer, you know, having uh, worked in companies like Danone and Heineken local level, now global level, um, been doing a lot of, um, you know, positioning, portfolio management, communication, and all those things. Um, but it's only in this role that I've actually, you know, really tapped into this idea of using technology to connect with consumers, uh, pushing uh, innovation forward, even, you know, beyond product innovation, what I was doing before. It's more really pushing innovation in the way we're connecting with consumers and, and so on. So yeah, this is what I'm doing. Um, and what I'm truly passionate about, honestly, and probably this is why you've invited me here, um, is because I'm, I really like um, pioneering or, or pushing ideas that are creative and that are meaningful for uh, for consumers. You know, it's not only about uh, putting advertising out there, but I'm really interested in, in creating campaigns or experiences that uh, have also, you know, strong meaning for consumers. Um, and I'm trying to bring a bit of this thinking in everything I'm doing, independent of the role that I'm in. Fantastic. I know. And that is what, exactly the reason why I wanted to get you on this show, because the conversations we've had in the past have been very well synced, if I could say. So just kind of talking about the brand for a, for a second then, before we get into some of the amazing uh, activations and experiences, what's what would you say is the kind of the overall focus and mission of Desperados as a brand? What What's... What kind of mission have you set yourselves and, and what does that look like? What is what is, has it been and and where is it kind of now? 
Uh, it's always been this. Um, I don't know how much you know about Desperados, which is the brand that I'm working on. It's a fantastic brand that uh, in the Heineken portfolio has this recruiter role. Uh, we target uh, consumers between 18 and 25 years old. And what we know about them is that they're in this transformational period in their life, a period in which you know they really want to make the most out of of, the, out of their life and. Uh, uh, you know, try new things, be out there, trying new things is a core experience for Gen Z, something that they're really interested in doing. But there are different societal and economic aspects that sometimes stop them from doing that and make them just adopt a more cautious mindset. Uh, mindset. And this is where we step in as a brand. We are a brand that, you know, um, wants to uh, help people break free from their limitations, um, help them not take life too seriously and, you know, embrace that experimental side and try new things and enjoy this, this young years that uh, youthful years that they have, uh, which we believe they have to be lived uh, up to the maximum. Um, and then how do we achieve this? Because there are big words, right? I mean, really being out there for consumers in their transformational period in their life and so on. Um, do we do many things? But one of them, and probably um, I think the most important one that we do is that we connect with them uh, through events, uh, which are more than you know uh, places where people go and have fun. They're uh, really important in the lives of the consumers because um, they connect with other people, they build memorabilia during events, they um, uh, even discover, you know, a bit more about who they are uh, by exploring this event. So they're quite, uh, you know, people say they're, uh, um, what is the word for it? Um, yeah, I forgot that they're superficial, you know, people go to parties for superficial reasons, but it's actually they have a deeper meaning, especially for the young audience. So um, we're all out there and what we're trying to do is offer experiences that help them let loose, help them, you know, enjoy life a bit more. Um, and in that, that's how we do it, you know, step by step, uh, trying to, to be there for the, for the young generation. And I think that's that's perfect, isn't it? Because it's you know we well we're here talking about kind of innovation and technology, but actually from my perspective, you know, I I I've been a marketeer for far too long, but I chose kind of events because that is where you the one true place where you can make that connection. But mm -hmm. actually, from what I've seen and what I've heard you talk about, kind of desperados are really trying to get like very close to and directly involved in your audience, which is no mean feat because you're 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 do, dealing with multiple territories and very different types of uh yeah diverse people, aren't you, at the end of the day. So you've got you know, you've got quite a you know, yes, you're connecting to culture, but you're connecting to culture in quite almost a sensitive way, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we are I think people are going to parties, you know, to uh, uh, really enjoy life and, and create those memories uh, that last a lifetime uh, built on that memorabilia. Um, and that's that's why we're also there. So I think it, it has a deeper, for me, it has a deeper meaning. Um, and that's also something that we're trying to bring in our communication. And you, you know, with this idea of, we'll talk probably a bit later about it, you know, how can we use the power of dance to connect people and break free from limitations and all of those uh, those elements. And you spoke about, you know, there are different people. Yes, there are different people. And I think what's in interesting to see um, especially in a global role that you create strategies for multiple markets. So you really have to understand 
you know, what is the reality of the consumers in different markets and how, you know, do they let loose? What are the, the triggers that they have? What are the limitations that they have? And how to make sure that when we create a strategy here at global level, because we do some execution, but it's most, mostly, you know, strategy thinking, uh, you're doing it in a way that is relevant across multiple geographies. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, also something that I'm uh, playing a bit with. Yeah. So look, I, we, we really want to talk about the kind of campaign that you've, you've literally just launched. But before that, I, you, know, you told me some incredible things that your brand did during the pandemic um, that led to building up this campaign. Because obviously, you know, for your brand, you were directly involved in clubs. You, know, you were doing some fantastic, you know, true experiential kind of projects and campaigns. But obviously, you know, the pandemic hit, it affected everybody. But you, your business decided to kind of carry on, didn't you? You, you, you stuck with your partners and things like that. Can you just talk to us about that a little bit? Because I think it's yeah, phenomenal. Sure. <laughs> That's really nice for you to mention it. Um, yeah, what we did uh, during the pandemic was, uh, as you say, really stay close to our partners um, and, and try to support them. Um, and we did this. Also with Elrod, you know, we had discussions. Uh, we had a whole plan before the pandemic of what we will do during that year, and then everything crashed. And what we did was pivoted very fast into uh, doing online events. So we kept our partnership in full, and I think even invested a bit more than uh, it was initially our budget allocated for that because. Yeah, it, we thought it was really important to be out there um, for consumers in this moment of need and also uh, with our partners in this moment of need. So. Um, that was the let's say the global action and also the re global recommendation try to stay as much connected with the core audience during these times because they need to be entertained they need something uh, in their lives and also really stay close to the partners and the industry that we care uh, so much about and you know by piloting and playing a bit in this field what we did was also uh launching the rave to save app um which what we were seeing while we were do we were already doing uh, uh, online events in in this uh, period in, in everybody was in their homes they were struggling with isolation the industry was stagnating uh, and we as i said we were doing already online events but we were seeing that people were not necessarily dancing so what we were trying to do is you know reconciliate the needs of the consumer who needed the dancing and as a form to release and uh, no, a way to entertain themselves and the industry that needed funding so then we on this an easy solution. Um, our agency proposed a very simple and I think impactful solution where we hacked the pedometer of their phones in this app. And then for every 100 steps that people were dancing, we were donating one euro to festivals um, and, and clubs that were in need. Um, and we did that several times throughout the year with different clubs in Germany and, and also one in UK. And um, then, you know, people started, uh, we started emerging from the pandemic. So things were changing in, in the world and we saw that already people were fed up with, you know, online live streaming and they wanted to go out there and connect with each other. And um, yeah, uh, just, you know, that physical experience that uh, was very much missing during the pandemic. Uh, so what we did was to keep the platform, but pivoted it a bit so that we keep the, the fundraising element of it. And this, you know, the more you dance, the more you donate, uh, but donated to uh, charities that were close to, let's say, our hearts on the brand, where 
for every 100 steps for doing we're donating one euro to women in music and stonewall to champion and help them with their um, initiatives to make the dance floor more safe and, and inclusive um so really uh i did that, that last year and now we're also going to emerge to a new phase of the project because it's been that's you know that's the core of the project we have to and the core of what we're doing always innovating and reiterating and making it better and so on and now we're moving towards a phase where we want to make the platform the experiential platform much more community driven than event driven and we want to bring more of the element uh, we want to take it even beyond the fundraising element um and this is why we're, we're launching the Desperados dance club uh which you know where people which can be used for people to dance anywhere in any letting use moment. Um, and then therefore to that, we connect with them in, uh, in all of the relevant moments, um, where they're yeah, really looking for a moment of release or a moment of connection and so on. So we're emerging from, you know, a more fundraising type of platform, uh, experiential platform or a purpose driven experiential platform to one, which still keeps purpose that, but also bring the, brings the element of the community, um, close to the platform um, and also, you know, more, more of the gamification and the fun that you can have with that, you know, giving people more unexpected experiences, the more they dance, money can buy type of experience that even further builds on the memorabilia. Um, yeah, so basically this is the journey, you know, from the pandemic where we really stayed close to our partners to actually the present where we kept what was really good about the platform, but evolve it to make sure that it's still relevant to the current times. And I, I think that there's a couple of, well, there's, there's tons of stuff in, in that uh, description there that I want to dive into. But the first one, and this is, I think, not only relevant to kind of campaigns in the modern world, but like you and I have been talking about, the kind of the things you've got to appreciate when you are, in, you know, um, well, I've forgotten the words now, um, adding technology into the overall experience. You said a word that I'm very passionate about, which is pivoting, um, mm -hmm. because you know things are changing at such a rapid pace. Are a rapid pace, aren't they? Because you know pandemics, then you know everything else that's going on in the world. Economic crisis <clears throat> in this world, mind you know, like inflation yeah. and all of the yeah. This is it. So, so, how do you how do you work with your team? With regards to kind of, you know, I presume that, you know, you do this kind of test and look, you know, you develop something, you know, you push it out and see how it's working. Um, I suppose you're constantly, you know, checking the data and stuff like that. So can you just talk us through how that process works? Because like I said, you're dealing with multiple territories. I presume, you know, a relatively sized team and agencies. That's a, that's a lot of things to string together and make sure that you're, you're also processing the data at the same time. Yeah. Um, you've also said a lot of things. Let me see where I can start from. Well, I can start, let's start with the consumer. I think is the, the consumer is the most important uh, person in this scenario. Um, and what we're doing is, you know, committing to actively listening, being out there, understanding their needs and understanding their evolving needs. I think that is important to know because, they're, they're, as you said, you know, the world is changing. Your needs are evolving as well. And um, in order to do that, uh, we have you know, social listening tools and, and so on, or we immerse ourselves into events, we listen to consumers, focus groups, all of the, the typical things. But what we recently did on the Rave to Save app, just to make sure that we are 
relevant to the to the needs of consumers is that we co-created with them. So we've uh, built an uh, an online platform in four countries uh, where we basically brought consumers with, you know, this is the inside, this is the tension, how do you resonate with it? Do you feel it's strong? Do you feel it's not? This is what we're thinking to do. And then, you know, really get getting the feedback from the consumers to bring it, um, you know, infuse this into the platform that we're building. Um, so. I, I really like to say that this new form, new shape of the Desperados Dance Club is actually co-created with consumers because they they were the ones testing the app, giving us feedback. The UX doesn't make sense. I want more of this. Uh, we even tested the experiences that uh, that people would like, and then they tell, told us, of course, I want this, and I want less of that, and this is more relevant. Even for example, for the donations part, we were <laughs> say very proud when we said you, we donate to charities and. They really care about this, but what they more care about is the impact that they can make <clears throat> closely to the, the group of friends, you know, caring about the economical aspect of, of some friends that maybe uh, have, let's say, a more, uh, don't have the pri a privileged background and making sure that those people can come with them at the party. Uh, where they were saying, I would really like to make an impact on the lives of my friend. Of course, you know, donations to charities and so on is important, but how can you bring this cause or this uh, purpose element closer to my community. So we're, you know, always listening to these things and trying to in introduce them in the way we're building the platform forward. That's so That's interesting. One thing. So rather than rather than what would have happened previously is you would have sat a room and said, you know, this is what we're going to do and this is the charity that we're going to support. You're you're managing to actually kind of show the community show the community that you are listening and that you you really want to make so so even like a level of real personalization is what it sounds like yeah and, and it can be even brought forth further than this right now we've used the community to shape the platform but in the future why not use the actual community that is using the app to feed ideas into how this can be brought further um and what are the things that we should drop and what are the things that we should continue or uh, refresh um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. And how, sorry, just because I do want to dive into this uh, a little bit more, is how are you running focus groups? Are you working with the promoters to do that? How do you actually get directly to that consumer? Is, you know, that that's, again, no mean feat, is it? Yeah, it's uh, well. It's, it's a mix. It's a mix of having the right research agencies that can connect us, us with this type of consumers. Uh, then our partners from Eldro are really also extremely helpful here because they have a very close community, um, and and then they give us very often access to that community through different uh, projects. And then we can also research things on on their community. Um, we also have, of course, quantitative data. So we have, yeah, it's quite a it's a mix of of research agencies but also uh, our partners that help us shape this sure so how do you manage uh, yeah how do you approach the challenge of kind of building trust and that meaningful connection then um because it is it is trust isn't it if a brand especially nowadays and and the every evolved evolving generation it, we're hearing that they're getting more kind of you know mistrusting you know what does the brand want from me you know, am I just being taken advantage of? What's happening with my data? Uh, you know, how do you, how, how does that work? Because obviously, you know, the, the challenge with events, which, uh, you know, is something, you know, we've always been passionate about is an event is a one-off thing. But, 
you know, for a brand, it needs to be a campaign. It, need, it can't just be a one-off thing. So yeah. how have you kind of developed and built that out? Yeah, no, I think trust is, um, you know, it's a mix of being out there for them when they need to and uh, being uh, acting with integrity, um, making, making sure that you deliver on your promises and that you fully understand their needs. Um, so I think this is the... Uh, uh, it's a mix, right? How I'm, I'm saying it's a mix for everything, basically. Uh, there's not not one way uh, or the other, but uh, how we're doing it. This is what I can I can talk about. It's that we're approaching it as a I like to say like a friendship. You cannot really go out for coffee with a friend and say that uh, they're your best friend. You understand their values and they will be there for you no matter what. Um, that you trust them and so on. You know, you have to build that relationship and building that relationship takes time and takes consistency and it's a mentality and it goes way of one-off events. One-off events are super important because you're offering in the moment an immersive, crazy experience to these consumers that they can say, they can talk to their friends, they can say, I've been there and I've done it. I, I love uh, I love this brand because it offered me this. But it, it does it really build trust on the long term? Um, it's a question mark. It can, it can be, but it's a bit less probable. And the other issue with the events or one-off events or one-off experiments is the fact that uh, it's hard to do it on a continuous basis. And then it's also a bit harder to do it at scale with a lot of consumers. So you can count on the fact that what you will do, it's amazing and it will be shared and so on and more people will be seeing. And you also have the live streaming that you can do in order to bring more people into the journey and, you know, have this physical digital experience mix and you can bring it to more audiences, but it is it is quite a challenge for a brand manager to be able to scale an experiential platform um, um, and offer that experience to more people. So how do you build that friendship and that connection when you're only having an event strategy or a one-off event strategy? I think it's a challenge and this is why we've tried to move beyond this and um, um, yeah, just make sure that we meet our consumers in different moments, um, especially when they're letting loose. You know, in a bar, in a club, well, when they're at home watching or immersing in digital or, um, yeah, in different different other moments and come with a platform that is, you know, consistent throughout the touch points or to, throughout the moments um, can be scaled up, can be scaled down depending on the needs uh, of markets or on the, you know, the, the different moments where we're interacting with consumers. So that's uh, how we're actually doing it. Um, and, you know, this idea of drumbeat. It's, it's a thinking that we have uh, uh, yeah, for a long time already on the brand. Um, and I would say it's not only about, you know, when you meet them, but also with what type of message are you meeting them? Do you understand what are their needs? Do you come, you know, serving up, yeah, supporting them? Or are you just coming out there with advertising? I think this is another point, you know, making sure that it doesn't come across like you're selling your product. It come across as you come across as a brand that cares about them and cares about um, their ongoing needs. Um, and then it's you're then in time you start building this relationship. But it takes time. It takes consistency. So yeah, and and a lot of uh, well, I dare say trial and error as well because it's it's you know this this. It's, it's interesting because the, the next thing I kind of want to talk is you talk about this sense of community. And I think that is very, a very current thing. You know, the, the for us marketeers, it's been a world of kind of 
advertising and pushing out messages and pushing out ideas and you know hoping that what we create really resonates with people and but we've been treating them as audiences haven't we so now what what you're trying to do and and what i can see a lot of brands doing is this idea of you know we don't just want to have an audience we want to be part of this community and so what's what would you say your kind of learnings over the last couple of years because you know fair enough it was <laughs> ironic during the pandemic because I, I think once from what i saw you know once you got a process of kind of creating you know home parties and content and things like that you know we all know we kind of had a captured audience now, like you said earlier, people are moving back out into real life. Um, a lot of brand people and a lot of marketeers, and it, well, and also the um, uh, the entertainment industry. You know, the the festivals are going. It's all about in real life. But you seem to be embracing in real life, but realizing that you know, and this has been my big message for years: is you, a brand doesn't want to just go into an event and then walk away. You know, if we're going to, you know, it's this, we're, we're literally about to publish a piece this week on, you know, the move from sponsorship to partnership, because it's like, if you as a brand are going to go in and financially invest in these physical things, you want you want their audience to become part of your community, don't you? So how's... That's obviously, you know, that must change the way that you know, you're negotiating sponsorships into partnerships. And then how do you see it working with regards to keeping this community fully engaged? You know, it's got a, I presume it's like a two-way conversation, isn't it? So it's yeah. not just you're, you know, let's just talk about what you've actually launched now. Because, you know, apps have been around for, for a very long time, but usually apps are a bit like, you know, a progression of a website they're just holders of content that people can get access to you're doing a lot more aren't you yes uh well we're trying to do more but it takes you know one step at a time uh, first let's launch this make sure that it's stable and, and do all of the the things you know the hygienic and then uh we're also of course have a lot of plans of how to evolve it um communities are important um and i think i resonate with what you're saying that um it's it's it takes a while to build, uh, but I think probably the most important challenge is that how do you keep them engaged? Um, and, and that's something that's, you know, very much on our mind. For example, if we think about um, the community that we're trying to build, having ongoing digital activations of it. So not only the physical part, but ongoing digital activations or bringing creators in the platform, you know, to have a job or to have a, uh, a moment of connection with the consumers through that. Um, there, these are things that we're thinking about uh, doing, you know, launching uh, um, different initiatives, you know, it's dance hour, let's all dance now, it all counts double or exclusive jobs you know you have to have this mentality of how can you keep the the audience engaged and uh, um, on, on the longer run but it, it's definitely not easy right it's not something that it's as you say trial and error um and um yeah we're uh, we're still in the phase where we're experimenting with this well it'll, it'll, always, it'll always be an experiment won't it i think that's yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. especially on this brand that's... we're all about experimentation so yeah. yes so you just something i just you you just mentioned did you say um that you were 
uh, going to bring you know, people in for almost to have roles within the community. Did you just say that? Yeah, I I think almost. I, I almost said this. Uh, well, we do want to make the platform more more creator driven. Uh, right. So that, for example, we engage the communities of the creators, uh, bring them into our community and then keep Brilliant. them also engaged with with our initiatives. So, you know, imagine a, a DJ or an artist or somebody that creates and curates a dance experience in the app and then, you know, brings their, their community into the app um, to, to play with the experience that we're offering. And then, you know, hopefully our job after that is to make sure that we keep them engaged with different other types of experiences and then do this with multiple creators or multiple communities. We're thinking of course the dance community, the party community, but it can go even beyond, right? It can be the Web3 community, the uh, uh, gaming community. It can be quite well, uh, you can play quite well with it because in the end, yeah, everybody likes to let loose. And if it's a platform about people letting loose and people dancing, you can, you, you can in the end engage multiple communities it doesn't have to be only the people that are in that moment at the party um this is fantastic yeah. like you know you, you're just you're uh, you're hitting a very positive nerve bianca when it comes to saying stuff like this to me because that you, you can just you can almost just start seeing how the future of you know brand campaigns and activations are really going to evolve because you know and, and talking personally you know i i I started in yeah brand sponsorship, got 30, 20 years ago. Um, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to work with Virgin for for seventeen years actually over over my life in in agency world, and and part of my role was you know developing sponsorships across music, film, and gaming, and it was it was very interesting to see how difficult that was within a traditional marketing framework. Because, you know, you had your advertising, you you had your digital, and then almost kind of brand activation and experiential was, was very much on its own. And it was about taking a sponsorship and activating on site. But we could see so much more. And actually, you know, you look at the kind of the potential kind of roles and jobs that, that could actually form out of that. Because, yeah, if you're bringing creators in like DJs who are used to you know, just doing club nights and, and doing the tours and doing the roads, but bringing those people in as, as creators and and building out pure digital interactive experiences within that world, you are absolutely integrating the physical and digital, aren't you? That's, um, yeah, expanding, really expanding it, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the aim, the... the... Making sure that, you know, we still offer the physical experiences. So I don't want to diminish that. They're really important. But making sure that we are relevant in multiple touchpoints from multiple communities and uh, that we don't, we because this is how we're able to scale it. And in the end, this is why we're also using technology on this pro project, because we want to be able to scale it. So if you're not going with technology everywhere, because this is actually its purpose to be, not only its purpose, but it's, it's easily scalable, then why are we doing it? So this is... We've built it, but now let's go into different communities, different spaces, different moments so that we can expand it. Um, and you said something that that triggered me and uh, remind, remind, reminded me about um, uh, something that I think it's useful to mention here. Also with our partners, um, the way we're approaching is that we're giving them a bit more ownership over how 
the experience in the app actually looks like. So it's not that we're, you know, sponsoring, for example, uh, Eldro and we're going and saying, these are the rewards that we have to give to consumers and, and so on. No, we're actually partnering with them and saying, what do you think is relevant for your consumers? What are the things that we could offer at your event or for your community? And many of the amazing ideas actually come from, from the partners themselves, you know, you know so I don't know, well, connect consumers with this DJ that I'm going to have as a headliner or let's bring them backstage or uh, Elro even uh, made somebody a part of the animation team, you know, and this type of experiences that you can actually curate by involving the people that are involving the party creators or involving the creator itself. If we talk about, you know, solo creators, because they are the ones that know best their community and they know best their brand. So it has to be a mix between who we are as a brand and what Desperados tries to offer, but also making sure that we are authentic to what people want to receive or authentic to what the community um, is all about or, you know, the values of that specific community, the values of that specific creator. This is, uh, it's absolutely key, isn't it? Because, yeah, gone are the days where uh, an activation was just about, yeah, getting the product behind the bar and, and sticking a banner up on the wall. Uh, your and actually, yeah, it, it reminds me uh, uh, very much of yeah, again, very very long time ago. But but I remember being given a brief to kind of activate a sponsorship, and you know, first thing we were told to do was kind of go and brand the venue, and and we creatively really did kind of we worked with the venue to make sure the branding like worked within the design of their bars, all of that stuff that now is just you know part of the cause but the the artists that we were supposed to be working with or, or, or getting access to kind of reacted very negatively to it because they just said look you're not you're supporting the venue but you're not supporting the artists mm-hmm. and um, and and that's the key isn't it is but but now what you're showing us is you're not just you know, getting involved with the venue, with the uh, with the creators within that venue, you know, within those venues or those um, uh, entertainment organisations, but then you're getting right into the core base of the audience that you want to be part of. So it's become yeah. it's become a lot deeper than it ever has been. And and would you say a lot of that is? Uh, would you say that is one of the reasons you're embracing technology so much? Is because you know, these things are in everybody's hands. And exactly. <laughs> that does give you the opportunity to have a two-way conversation with them and, and really reward them and entertain them and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is definitely a reason. Um, it's uh, purely practical. Everybody at the festival has a phone in their pocket. Um, yeah. And then beyond that, you know, Hopefully they keep the app or at least, you know, they can re-engage with it a bit uh, whenever they, they feel it's it's suiting their needs. So from pure practical reasons, it makes sense. And of course, there's also access to data that we can re-engage with these consumers. We can find more about them. Um, and we know how important this, you know, first party data is in this futureless cookie world, uh, being able to personalize communication um, to consumers also highly important. Um, you know, if you want to build that trust, you, are, you should be able to personalize the way where you're communicating with them to show that you're understanding them. So one of the reasons right it's it's this one the other one is also because we didn't want to at an event what i think we are as brands we're guests 
right? They're not, people are not going to festivals uh, or, or events uh, to interact with brands. They're going to interact with the festival environment, with other people, and they see, see their favorite artists. So how can we elevate their experience? For me, this is the role that we're having, renovating their experience, not just shoving our brand out there and, and you know, putting the logos everywhere, but actually being there in their journey and, and making sure that we offer something that makes their night a bit more unforgettable or their day unforgettable. Um, and, and the feedback that we're receiving is really good. So I think it's, it's, it's dual here, you know, making sure we're doing this because we all want to, Make sure that we give them the experiences that elevate the night, not only branding and so on, but it's also the fact that practically, it actually, it's quite a useful tool, data, it's in everybody's pocket, you know, screen time with the app, you know, getting data of how much they interact with it. All of these things are valuable inputs that we use then in shaping it further. I love your uh, description of we're going there as a guest. I think that's uh, uh, a really nice kind of uh, a summary of how how a brand should perceive themselves at anything like that. We're a guest and we wanna we wanna make friends with that audience and have more than just a coffee with them. Uh, I think that's a, a really nice kind of summary. Yeah. Um you talked uh about first party data there. Um and this is again something that's kind of close to our hearts because we've all spent uh, the last couple of decades, you know, empowering and and feeding a lot of the important channels out there with with our paid for content. But, you know, data is the one thing that everybody talks about. And we believe, and it looks like you guys believe too, that the other benefit of a brand leveraging technology into their campaigns is, yes, we need to, you need to have a presence across the right type of social media channels and media channels where your audiences are um but um but the objective should always be to build a community for yourself and and evolve and and understand how to use that data so how are you how have you kind of developed that how's that you know how's how's that gone back because obviously people's data is a very sensitive area and um and that is a shift isn't it it's like Let's start kind of, that's why the word community is such a powerful word for a, for a brand, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we've just started this, um, the first party data initiatives on the brand. And this is the first initiative that we're, we're having in this space. And, um, we do want to use it in the, you know, use data in the future, but it's more to not necessarily, you know, uh, target people with our advertising though might, that might be useful. It's more using the data to um, be able to understand what they need and offer more meaningful experiences, you know, and then of course that uh, in the end will fuel a better engagement with us and then even more access. So it becomes a virtuous circle where, you know, you, you're getting them, um, you're giving them an uh, immersive, good experience or something that is meaningful for them. They give you in return access to their data. You use that data to create even better experiences. And then that, you know, it's a, it's a very good first circle that we're aiming for. Um, and we're just starting now. So I cannot really talk a lot about, you know, first party data activation and all of those things. No, um, but I think, but it's more I like think... the strategy and the thinking is, is the one that I've, um, yeah, just mentioned. But that's the shift, isn't it? That that is the sweet spot in the fact that it's gone from the 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 old ways of you know marketing, go out there and get the data and then hand it over to sales for people to be sold to. 
what it's about now is the you know, marketing teams are about building relationships and trust with their audiences. Yeah. And then they're all that will, the audiences will then become part of the brand's kind of community. And you will you will get your just reward. You don't necessarily have to then always do that hard sell. And I think that's that for me is the important message about the difference between kind of advertising and data capture versus marketing to build a community, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it will also be very much even more relevant in the future with, uh, you know, Web3 and uh, uh, the ownership economy where people will, I think, in the end, you know, really hold ownership about their data and decide what they want to exchange it for. I think, you know, it's not super fair when uh, platforms are making money out of uh, your personal data. So it probably with you know, the different advances of technology, it will be possible for people to just say, you know, I will exchange my data with you, but it has to be a fair exchange. I have to receive something in return. So we're already having this type of mentality um, that hopefully will be very useful in the future also. Brilliant. Uh, I love that. And so a couple more questions because I know I'm running out of time, but um, a, 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 a big, this a big nice one. nice and it's important, so no, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, cool, great. I'll Thank keep you. going then. So uh, look, the, the big one here, for especially working in a big organization is how does Desperados and yourself approach innovation within its business? Obviously, considering all the inherent risks of failure when trying to do new things, that, you know, again, you mentioned technology to a lot of people and they're like, I, I don't know technology, I don't understand it. And then not only do you have to kind of embrace that level of, um, uh, you know, well, some people call it risk, I call it innovation. Um, but then you've got to take that into your business and persuade them. It's weird for putting it, right? Because they're, they're, they're very much linked. It's, you cannot have one without the other. So let's just go, go positively innovation. So, so how, do you, how, how do you manage that? How does that, how does that go down? Does it take a lot of time? Um, does it take a lot of selling up? You know, what are the, you know, how, how do we maneuver that if we're trying to get that within our own business? Oh, yeah, it's a difficult one. And I think I'm lucky on this one. It's a difficult one to solve if you're not part of an organization that embraces uh, innovation. And, you know, where if you fail a bit, but you learn from it, it's still okay as long as you learn. So I think we have this mentality on the brand that really helps us. And also Heineken as an organization has this mentality of, you know, embracing innovation and the risk of failure that comes with that. And even sometimes where uh, in our meeting, we're, we're celebrating fuck-ups. <laughs> and so uh, it's it's really great in the way we, we think and we're not afraid to take risks and even more on Desperados as a brand. When, you know, you go out to the consumer and you tell them, uh, experiment a bit more, try new things. You have to walk the talk as a brand. You have to also try new things, and you know you have to act as a leader in this space and you know role model. So this helps a bit. So I, I'm not sure if what I'm what I'm saying is going to be helpful for everyone, but this helps us a bit. You know, it's a matter of the culture in the team, in the company, and the nature of the brand, which is experimental. And then I think it's a it's a mix of um, persistent and persistence and creativity not giving up, uh, continuously trying and uh, 
I have to be honest, it wasn't a small sailing, right? It wasn't all rainbows and we've developed this, it's on air, it's perfect. It takes continuous improvement. It takes uh, continuous optimizations. You have to work around a lot of uh, technology limitations. And I think the guys from Silicon Valley really made it sound very easy, but it is really not easy. It's actually quite complex, um, you know, and even from the, we had a lot of challenges, right? Even from the integration of, of um, even the Wi-Fi that is today, uh, let's say a hygienic uh, issue, you have already saw that we had issues connecting. So when you're relying on Wi-Fi for an activation, that also comes with a lot of complexity. So all of these things have been, you really have made us scratch our heads multiple times. Um, but yeah, I think the support of the team, um, really having people that believe in it. I think the other thing is getting some results to validate that what you're doing is useful and it works. That is also very important. Otherwise, you will give up. If you feel that you're not really, you're, it's just the effort, but there's no meaning behind it and there's no higher purpose, then probably you will give up eventually. And that is what kept us motivating the whole team. It's been a journey of three years, you know, from Race to Safe to the Spread of Dance Club, but getting feedback from consumers, getting feedback from our partners. This is relevant, you know, getting increased KPIs uh, on the brand after people using the platform saying, you know, it's a, it's a cool brand. It's a brand for me. It's a fun brand. 74% uh, of them send, say that it's, um, it's a more creative and more fun brand that they want to engage with. Uh, 97%, no, 93% of them uh, say that they want to reuse the app after they use it at an event. So all of these, you know, small things really help us go in because Yes, you have a lot of hiccups and yes, you have to power through all of this. But it, at the end of the day, you, you see that you're making an impact on the brand and on the consumer's life. And I think that that's how you can navigate through through the challenges of it. And that's how yeah, I kept myself motivated and how uh, I think the whole team has kept themselves motivated because definitely it wasn't easy. No, but but really good words. Well, look, I, I think this has been fantastic. It's um... Uh, like this is truly uh, a kind of an in a conversation that I wanted to have because I've always felt you're you're very lined up with regards to what we've always believed in and and what I love about it is just the journey of innovation that you're going through. So my kind of final question, just to wrap up, is um, why do you believe it's crucial for brands to embrace these new approaches and create authentic experiences? You know, how does this align with your vision of kind of marketing and driving consumer connections forward? Save the big one till last, you know, just a couple, two questions in one, basically. How long do you want me to talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go for um, it, go for it. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, why is it important? I think it, on, on some brands, it's really important. Actually, no, eventually it's important on, on all brands to be out there and be up to date with the innovations because I think the world is rapidly changing and there are shifts happening on all sides, like how people are spending their time, on which platforms, how are they being entertained, you know, the, their needs, all of this are changing. And what I like to think is, as a brand manager, at least myself, I don't want to uh, age my brand, you know, like make sure that I'm losing touch with the consumer. And I'm always thinking also, it's it's not only about the current consumer that you have to think about the Gen Z. You have to also think about future generations and anticipate a bit their needs. Generation Alpha, what, what will they do in the future? How will they spend their time? And then it's a bit difficult, you know, in 10, 20 years from now to make a leap from where you are to being relevant to their generation. So you have to start now. 
um, at least in my perspective. So everybody manages their brand as they want to, but I feel that, uh, you know, innovation, you know, this, the sentence innovate or die is, uh, uh, yeah, close to my heart. I don't know who said it, but I think it's spot on. Um, so it is important to keep your brand actual and relevant, not only in the present, but also in the future. Um, and that's why I would say, yeah, a brand, a brand should embrace these things. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, the, the, you go, Mike. Well, no, I was just going to say, I, I, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think, you know, you've really shown a, uh, a team and a brand and, and a kind of a, and a leader that is managed to integrate innovation with creativity and purpose at the same time. Cause you've, you've gone on that journey that, and it's, it's just, it's such a cool conversation to have with you because I'm somebody that kind of started right at the basics of, of brand experiences. And even then it frustrated me that we were just doing one-off projects and, and totally missing the fact that we needed to create that, um, turn that audience into our community. We needed to add value and, and work with promoters. So it wasn't a sponsorship, it was a partnership. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think your brand has kind of truly shown that. And, and the importance of you've got to have the support around you to believe that it's a continual test and learn. Because like you said, the, the world... It, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Just how fast the world is evolving, but then each generation is evolving at the you know, at a faster rate. So you've got to have that kind of focus on the future. And I, I like, a, yeah, I love the fact that you said, you know, you don't want your brand to age, um, and and so many do um, because they don't kind of keep it relevant and and just keep that. And and actually, yeah, I know I said that and was going to be. It's also the thing, Mike, that it's it's. Sometimes maybe we have this idea of, you know, you will, innovation, the time for innovation will come. This is not the moment. Now let's focus on the real business and then we will innovate next year. And then you keep postponing and postponing and so on. Um, but I think, you know, especially with global brands, you have to start now. Or like, at least in my experience, I'm seeing that it takes time to transcend geographies. It takes time to really get it's rooted in, you know, the mentality and the work that it's rooted in, in different markets. So if you don't start now, then I don't know, it, it will be a very difficult uh, challenge a bit later. Just, it'll just be harder and harder to kind of catch up basically, won't it? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Cause it's, it, it doesn't only rely on you, let's say if we're talking about a, a global, a global lead, it also relies on other people. And then, you know, this mentality shift actually takes quite a lot of time to, to build and, uh, and to shape. So it's, it's a mix, you know, wanting to innovate, having resources to innovate, having support to innovate, but then also, yeah, um, transcending geographies with, with your innovation, which is also a, a different ballgame. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, look, I've, I've run out of time. So um, thank you so much. That was, uh, that was, from my perspective, a perfect podcast. I love that. Um, <laughs> it, because it's such a innovation innovating process and a journey of evolution I'll, I'll have to get you back again to to hear how the launch went and what you learned and uh, and how successful but good luck and um thank you thank so you. much that was great cheers thank you so much for your time mike bye, -bye. Right. well i hope you agree that was an enlightening conversation a massive thank you to bianca for joining us on lively fresh takes 
I'm sure many of you listeners are now inspired to innovate and explore new ways to build out connections with audiences. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with the latest trends in creative innovation, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Also, don't forget to check out our Fresh Takes blog on our own platform and sign up for our events where you can learn more from industry leaders. Thank you very much. Bye.